State Sycamores are tournament champions. The Ramblers of Loyola, Chicago, and Missouri State is Missouri Valley Conference tournament champion. Northern Iowa back in the NCAA tournament. Wichita State Shockers, winners of the Missouri Valley Conference. We continue to preview the 2016-17 men's basketball season here in the Missouri Valley Conference. Right now, we turn our attention to the Southern Illinois Salukis. The Salukis, uh, one of the uh, bigger turnarounds in league play last year, including Coach Barry Henson being named the Valley Coach of the Year uh, last year. And right now, to talk more about this year's version of the Salukis, I'm pleased to be joined by the voice of Southern Illinois football, basketball, baseball. Uh, He's seen it and been there for all of it. Mr. Mike Reese, sir, how are things in Carbondale? Good, Derek. Some of it I haven't seen. <laughs> You've Even seen most of it, though. You've seen most of it. <laughs> and most of the time I was paying attention. I appreciate you assuming that. <laughs> well, it's, it's good to have you with me. Thanks for uh, taking time out of your schedule. I know Thank you guys you. are getting ready for homecoming and whatnot uh, down there this weekend. But we've got media day coming up. Basketball is right around the corner. Um, we've talked a lot about graduating seniors with a number of beat writers and uh, radio guys like yourself from around the league with previous interviews. Uh, the Salukis have lost Anthony Bean um, and some other folks, but have a number of folks coming back, uh, including Sean O'Brien, Mike Rodriguez, guys that made differences last year. When you talk about the Salukis for 16-17, uh, what's sort of been the, the outlook uh, there on campus lately? Well, I think there's um, the, the natural uh, first um, things about the Saluki team is um, is who scores with Anthony Bean gone because he's almost half the offense, and uh, then who gets the rebounds with Bolo Olanian gone because he got eight rebounds and so he almost got half the rebounds uh, in the game it seemed like and uh, and was the second best rebounder in the league. Those are both legitimate questions. I think also um, an important point is to see how Southern's younger players develop. Um, Sean O'Brien obviously is, is a key going forward as are the, the other three seniors on the club, uh, but it looks like Southern is doing a better job recruiting. It looks like Armand Fletcher can be a player in this league. It looks like Austin Wire can be a player in this league. Some of the younger players, and so there's an excitement about those guys. There's an excitement about Aaron Cook, who's a, a freshman. Southern has more recruits that have more cred and plus they have a verbal commitment that has some people excited too. And so that's an, that would be a third point, I think, about Saluki basketball this coming season. And um, so I think those are the most important things. And um, scoring matters. I think you're going to see Southern play a little bit different. It has to with being, without being. Uh, the Salukis will play a little bit different. They hope to play faster. Uh, they should be a better shooting team than they've been. Uh, the offensive part um, I think Southern is less worried about making that up. Uh, the rebounding is a legitimate concern. It certainly is. Hopefully they'll make more shots, so offensively there won't be as many to rebound. Uh, but defensive rebounds are going to be key because Southern is tall and Southern is athletic, but Southern is not a uh, inside strong team. Comparing the Salukis to other conference teams, 
Um, they were they were able to come out and surprise folks last year, especially the night conference picking up a number of wins. Uh, and this year with the schedule having more home games, it apparently appears that one of the key is having home non-conference games to sort of build the confidence, get some 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 tr- easy for me to say strategic wins on the schedule. Uh, does that play a role in getting these guys prepared uh, for conference play uh, down the road? Well, it can. Um, I think you find a divided opinion, Derek, uh, anymore about even within the Missouri Valley about. Um, scheduling and its effect in league games. There are coaches that uh, believe, but I think it's a dwindling number of coaches who believe that tough games prepare you for the league. If that was the case, the the uh, the Power Five conferences would play tougher non-conference yeah. schedules than what they play. Uh, I think the growing part, uh, the growing uh, feeling among coaches is that winning helps confidence, that um, it's easier to sell players that you have the ability to win because you've won not that you you are growing while losing, and I think uh, I think that was a huge part. It was very important to Barry Henson. It was very important to Saluki basketball, albeit against one of the lower ranked schedules that Southern win games, just win games, and the Salukis did. And so now here is a tougher schedule. And if you look at this schedule this season, it is tougher. It it is not a wall. It's a manageable schedule, and most importantly, I think it's a schedule that Hinson believes fits his team, yeah. which is the most important thing. And, and look, um, when you have 18 home games, when you're playing name schools like uh, Minnesota and Arkansas and, um, and UNLV and, uh, and Louisville, you're saying that you think your team is ready to play postseason. So you're going to schedule tougher. And uh, the home games is really a, is a terrific thing. And I personally am curious to see how that plays out. Because this is the most home games, 18, 17 regular season home games. And Southern isn't raising ticket prices, season ticket price to accommodate that. So um, I think uh, I'm interested to see uh, attendance at SIU Arena this season, in addition to seeing what kind of club Southern puts on the floor. Last year, when you when Southern racked up all those wins, it appeared that the fans came out to the games. I was there uh, yeah. for the Wichita State game last year. Of course, everyone came out last year when the Shockers were on the road. All the fans come out to see them. There's no question about that. Uh, but it seems like the community sort of rallied around the team. Um, there was they, they were there they were there they were they were in the house for those games. Having more opportunities to see them if they're successful again this year, that's got to still maintain that momentum. Yeah, I think so. And, um, I, you know, I, Saluki basketball fans are ready for a postseason team. Yeah. And um, they're especially ready for an NCAA team. Uh, we were awfully spoiled here between 2002 and, uh, and 2007, so much so that there was a letdown when they went to the NIT in 2008. So they've been awfully spoiled here. And, uh, but in the meantime, Southern has upgraded its facilities, and like with football, uh, basketball gets um, gets a sharp microscope on it, uh, a strong microscope on it, because with increased facilities should come postseason. And Southern is set up to be a NCAA a regular in the NCAA tournament. It really is, and so there are legitimate reasons that Southern hasn't been uh, since 2007. And the Salukis are moving in the right direction, Derek. And I think that's the most important thing. And that's back to. My original comment, I think, um, yeah, it's important who scores for Southern. It's important who rebounds. It's important who plays. But uh, I think what's really important is 
Southern's making some more noise recruiting-wise. It's getting some players that it hasn't gotten for a while. And uh, I think that's the impressive part. And, and I'm very curious to watch those players develop, watch their future signing classes, because I think a lot of good things are going on. And it may be just because of a personal bias toward guards. I think when Southern, I think it's about guards, 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 guards. And, yeah, you've got to have inside players, and Bolo Olanian matters at eight rebounds per game. But the best teams in the Missouri Valley have the best guards, and, um, and Southern hasn't had the best guards, but Southern has better guards. I think you're going to see a Saluki guard that, on average, is 15 pounds heavier than he, than he was a year ago, and I think that's going to matter. I think that's really going to matter. Southern's guards look more like good team guards look physically and uh, so that's going to vary and and southern has more guards than what's what it's had part of southern's decline and its step out of the postseason uh, postseason play was the caliber of its guard play well i think that guard play is much improved it looks like even more good players are coming at the guard spots and so i think there's significant reason for optimism for saluki hoops for that reason You've echoed many of the things that I that was said when I talked to Adam Emenecker. We talked about Drake. Of course, he was a great guard in our league. Um, and I asked him about the importance of post players. He said, we're such a guard-oriented league, and we have been, and they've made the difference uh, here. Turning our attention to the league, um, what you've, you've been around. You know our league just as good as any of the other guys uh, doing the radio for a number of different schools. Um, what do you think? Obviously, it, it, we everyone seems to think it's going to start and end with Wichita State. They're going to be preseason pick. Uh, but there's a little bit more uh, opportunity, it seems like, this year, and I think some teams are ready to, to capitalize on that uh, with a little bit changing of the guard. How do you think uh, the league might shake out now? Well, because the guard changes, it looks like it's a lot tighter, and I think the, the most important part, because really now you, I mean, the, for two or three years, man, you could name the top players in the league yeah. uh, without looking at a piece of paper. Um, now I think you have to look. And so um, there is a changing of the guard, and the biggest guards that are gone are the guards at Wichita. And so replacing them, which you should assume that Wichita should be able to replace, is going to be a key to how close the league is and um, how far do they come back. They'll come back a little bit, but do they come back for it to matter? Do they come back for uh, it to be close enough uh, to an Illinois state or to a Northern Iowa or a Missouri state or a Loyola. Um, is Southern ready to contend? Southern possibly could have been had Bola Olanian stayed. So it's going to be a very, very interesting race with a lot of unknown players. And so, um, and how good are these unknown players going to be? Are they going to be as good as the guys that left? Um, what do you think of the guys that left? How will the league be? How will the league be? Where will the league be ranked this season? I don't. I'm not smart enough to know that. I do think that I do think that Wichita comes back closer to the pack. But look, one game is closer, Derek. Yeah. And and if and and but one game isn't close. One game could be closer, but one game wouldn't be close. So I'm curious to see them. God, their younger players were good. Their youngest players who played in their rotation last year were awesome. Uh, Illinois State is getting great players. Illinois State is getting great players. And so it looks like they can contend. But they, like the rest of the schools in the league, have 
have much to prove. It's an interesting race. It'll be interesting to see the division within the league because there's always a division. How great is the division between fifth and sixth? How great is the division uh, between fifth and eighth? You know, is there a gulf? Um, I'm curious about that too. Are the bottom teams going to be way behind the upper division teams? Because there's been some of that of late. But with all the new players, um, anybody who says that they know for sure um, is really trying to uh, is really trying to snow you. I'm going to put you on the spot here before we wrap up. If you had to, if you had to make a <laughs> if you had to make a bold prediction, one about the Salukis for this year, and a bold prediction about the Missouri Valley Conference in general, if it could be a player, a, a team that surprises, whatever it might be, uh, what would those two bold predictions be? One about the Salukis and one about the league. Um, be bold on Southern Derek. Uh, w- my choice would have to be between Southern finishing third which would be bold, and I thought Southern had to do, had a chance to do that had Olanian stayed. My choice be, would be that or Sean O'Brien being all-conference. And I think I'll pick Sean O'Brien all-conference because I have a feeling Southern's going to be a better rebounding team than maybe I think or some other people think right now. But I see Sean O'Brien playing now, and I see the best and in comparison with what I know of what's returning in the league, Sean O'Brien can be an all-conference player. He's healthy. He can do a lot of things. And because he does a lot of things, I've noticed in the league that the beat writers, the radio people, and the people who vote on these things tend to notice guys that can do quite a few things. They look, they look a lot at the scoring and the rebounding, but there's also an ability to look at a veteran player who does a lot of things, and I think Sean does that. So for Southern, that would be my bold prediction. I'd be a, I don't think he's on a lot of people's radar for preseason all-conference. As for the league, three teams, would that be bold? I'll take it. Yeah, well, I know they'd take it. <laughs> no, we'd all take it. Um, you know, that would be... That would be bold. I mean, the the bold part of me thinks that the Missouri Valley should always have three teams yeah. in there, and it's and it's everybody involved. It's their fault that the league isn't for a variety, and then there are plenty of legitimate reasons. But bold would be three, and I think uh, that's the part as a person who's you know both looks at it from the outside, but is inside enough to to think he knows enough. <laughs> Um, like me, um, that's the part that I don't get, that there haven't been the, the, the three bid years. Like five, 2005, six, seven, when there were three and four and yeah. whatever the were, were I, I think that's what the league should do all the time. And I know that there's legitimate reasons why they haven't and all those other, I get all that. But in the end, you size up all the competition, and I don't see why the league can't always be seventh. I can't uh, seventh ranked. I can't see why the league can't always have three teams. And it's the schools within the league. It's their fault for not being like that, including Southern. I'm not absolving Southern uh, from this just because I do uh, their games. So let's be bold and say this is the year it starts a trend with three. Now, please don't say which are the three, Reese. <laughs> I won't. Because I can throw um, – because I can, I guess I'd go with the the three that appear to be the tops right now, and that would be uh, the Shockers, uh, the Redbirds, and 
and uh, the Panthers. And uh, so, but I, I think three would be bold, and uh, I think I would go there. I don't know what the second choice would be for bold. Uh, I like it because if, if that happens, and I can point to this audio in March and say Mike Reese called it, then. And then the Valley gets so much money that Derek Dockett gets a raise. <laughs> well, that remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you are in charge of the website, so you are important. Well, I appreciate that, and yes, that is one of my responsibilities, <laughs> amongst other duties as assigned, as we like to say here, in working in college athletics. So, well, I appreciate your time, sir. Thank you so much for the insight and. Uh, Hopefully I'll get there to Carbondale soon and we can visit and maybe make a visit to Pinch Penny or something like that. I've heard of that place. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Appreciate Thanks, it. sir. Appreciate your time. Don't miss your chance to see who will hoist the hardware at the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Women's Soccer Championship presented by the Pentagraph and WJBC Radio. Get to Adelaide Street Field in Normal, Illinois, November 4th and 6th as the Valley crowns its champion. For tickets and more information, call 309-438-8000 or visit GoRedbirds.com. The Missouri Valley Conference, where champions make history. Our men's basketball preseason preview here in the Missouri Valley Conference continues. And now, I guess it's, it's my final preview. We've turned our t- attention to the Illinois State Redbirds. And I'm not sure how I ended up that I got this gentleman on uh, the last time. But uh, I- I'm glad that he's able to take time out of his schedule to join me. Jim Benson writes for the Bloomington Panagraph. Jim, how are things going today? Very good, Derek. R- really well. Well, I really appreciate you again taking time out of your schedule. We are no uh, in that time of year where it's, it is now time for the season to start. We've got our basketball tip-off uh, this coming Tuesday, which marks the beginning of, of the season for us, unofficially, I guess, uh, until an actual game tips off. But um, when you look at the Redbirds, I know they've had their media day there. They've had a fan fest uh, event there for the community. Um but for folks that haven't uh, seen some of the newcomers, let's start there because I want to do I do want to get into some of the returning players. But newcomer wise, um, is there anyone that pops out that could play a significant role for the Redbirds in 2016-17? Yeah, I really think there's two guys, Derek. Uh, the first guy is uh, DJ Clayton. He's a six-six uh, 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 guard. Um, he played his uh, freshman year at Western Michigan, and then he transferred uh, to Palm Beach State uh, Junior College in Florida. He's a big guy. He's about 6'6", 185. Um, he's going to replace Devon Akun Purcell, and, and they're kind of uh, really like similar players almost. Neither one of them was a great outside shooter, kind of more of a slasher type and all that. And I, and I think that's where DJ's – he should just step right in and kind of fill Devon's role, and uh, especially getting a guy who has been in a Division One program uh, before – I, th- I think that was kind of a, a key. Dan Muller really kind of wanted a, a veteran guy like that, and uh, he he's fit in really well in practices and all that. And I, I think from day one we'll see him uh, be in the starting lineup. And then the other guy, he's also a junior college transfer, but he's just a sophomore though. He just went one year to Western Nebraska College. His name is Phil Fain, and he's six nine, about two hundred pounds, and he's kind of a type of player that Dan Muller likes. He kind of likes these long, athletic type of players. Yeah. And Phil should really just kind of fill in the role that um, Banyard, Nick Banyard did last year for uh, Illinois State. And I think he'll probably be about the first big off the bench for Illinois State. So I think those two guys are really going to really gonna see a lot of minutes um, all season. 
a lot has been made around our league as I've been talking to folks, uh, radio guys and beat writers about the graduating seniors uh, from last year. Obviously, a lot of players, not just those in Wichita, but a lot of players around the league that played a significant role. Uh, this year, the Redbirds, they have three seniors on the roster in Paris Lee, Tony Wills, and Deontay Hawkins. Um, those those three guys, uh, uh, Michael McIntosh, will probably play significant roles this year. You think they sense an opportunity? The Redbirds have been getting a lot of uh, preseason attention as a team that could really challenge the Shockers. You think they sense the opportunity now that they could really make a significant jump in and uh, put the Redbirds back in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, uh, actually, that's a, that was my kind of a story from the media day the other day. I, I kind of called those four guys the core four uh, of the Redbirds. Um, they all came to campus the same year in the fall of 2013. Uh, McIntosh and Hawkins had to set out the first year, mm-hmm. uh, but the, but they've all they sense you know how seniors kind of sense that the the clock is running. I yes. mean, this is it. This is their last chance and. Uh, very much so that they know that this is their time. Um, Wichita obviously is still going to be a great team, but they've lost a little bit. And I, I think every, everybody in the Redbird camp kind of senses there's a real opportunity to, uh, to really bat, battle for the title this year. And, and, and more than that is to get to the NCAA tournament. I mean, this program has not been there since 1998. It's kind of an albatross around the program's neck. They've, They've been in the Valley Championship game, I think, four times since then and has have had some really heartbreaking losses there. And actually, two years ago, this group was, you know, they were winning by 18 points in the championship game in yeah. the first half, yeah. and, and they let it slip away. So I, I really think uh, that's going to be a driving force behind the team this year. What's Dan's mindset uh, coming into this year? How's he sort of uh, uh, been talking to the media and, and things like that this year uh, in the preseason? Um, you said 1998, the last time this team's been to the NCAA tournament. Dan was on that team. So uh, has he sort of uh, – is the expectation there? Is it a higher level from, from his standpoint? I, I really don't think so, and, and he doesn't talk about that that much. Um, uh, he he kind of – you know, he, I, I think he doesn't want to put undue pressure on the team to do, sure. do well. What he, what he does talk about a lot, though, is that, you know, he, he – the non-conference schedule that you, you know, you have to schedule games yes. where you, uh, you have to be good opponents. You have to schedule them first of all, and then you have to beat them. And I, I think that's more the kind of the mindset of the team this year is that they, they really need to make some hay in the uh, non-conference. So obviously if, if you don't get the uh, automatic bid, you have a chance to, um, to go to the tournament and th- their schedule is not quite as tough as it was last year. Their non-conference <laughs> schedule was just absolutely brutal. Uh, this year, it, it's not quite a, as difficult, but there's really a chances for quality wins. I mean, it, I'm kind of looking at their schedule now. That they're, they're playing New Mexico in the uh, Mountain West Valley Challenge. I mean, New Mexico is a very good, very good team. Uh, they they might even be the uh, Mountain West favorite. So that would be an opportunity for a really a great win. Uh, they have St. Joseph's coming in here uh, December 18th. Uh, St. Joseph's had a great season last year. They lost a lot of players, but that's a quality program. And, and I think the real key maybe to their whole kind of non-conference thing is going to be the uh, Hawaii tournament, uh, yes, the Diamond Head Classic. They, they got to play Hawaii the first game, which, you know, they got to play the host team. Hawaii is, uh, uh, they were an NCAA tournament team last year. That'll be a tough draw, but if they can win that game, then they could probably play Utah in the second game. And and that would be a really a key, key game. Uh, Utah's one of the pack uh, 12 favorites. So um, there are an opportunity for some some quality wins there, and I think that's kind of Dan's more of his mindset than just kind of you know saying you know 
putting the pressure on the team because you get enough of that from the fans. Most important question about that Hawaii, uh, the Diamond Head Classic. Will you get the chance to go to Hawaii and follow the Redbirds? There? You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, that was not in the budget, but that's oh, okay. A, that's okay. Uh, I think I'll just stay home and uh, watch. Actually, the games are their first two games are going to be really late games. Yes, uh, they're going to be starting at like midnight, both of yeah. them. So that's past my bedtime. Yeah, and they're around Christmas time, so you can be around family for the holidays. There so. you go. There you uh, go. But while they have that non-conference portion of it, uh, they come back from the Diamond Head uh, to jump into conference play. And let's turn our attention to the league now and how the Redbirds uh, will shape up with the rest of the Valley. Um, you've been around our league for a number of years. You know uh, the Valley just as well as anybody else. Um, Wichita State, you, you mentioned the Shockers will be will be you know favored. It's kind of one of those mentalities where you know, you're know you the champion, so someone knocks you down. And I think that's what a lot of people – uh, have said, uh, but the Redbirds have gotten a lot of attention. Um, h- how do you see the league shaking out? Is there any other team you think that might surprise some folks as well? Well, uh, and you, like you say, you've been talking to people, so I'm sure one of the na- names that's come up is Missouri State. Uh, I think Paul Lusk has really been recruiting very well there. Um, I-, I think they could be a surprise team this year. Um, they got some good players uh, coming back. Uh, they got some uh, the, the freshman coming in is a very good player. Um, I think they're a team that could surprise. Um, kind of, uh, obviously, like you said, everybody's going to pick Wichita State. They, they just have so much talent. Yeah. Um, Gre- Greg Marshall's a great coach. Uh, they, they are obviously the overwhelming favorite. I picked Wichita State first. I picked uh, Illinois State second. And, boy, you just can never sleep on Northern Iowa. I mean, I tell you what, they have a system there, and, and uh, the players know their roles. And Ben Jacobson just does a great job every year. Um, even though they lost a lot, a lot of, lot of players, a lot of key players, they still have a lot of players coming back. Um, I think the key for them will be the point guard play. Uh, Wes Washburn obviously was a, a great point guard, and they've had a really a good, good run of point guards there. I know they have a freshman coming in they're very high on. Uh, but I think uh, they'll be right up at the top. And um, I'm trying to think who the other team was. I put up uh, like in the top five. I, I, I'm pretty sure I put um, Indiana State up there too. I, I know a lot of people probably haven't talked a lot about the Sycamores, but um, they have some talent coming back. And uh, Greg Lansing just always seems to get them playing hard. And I tell you what, they, that team gives Illinois State more trouble than any <laughs> any other team in the Valley. In the 10 years I've covered Illinois State, I've only seen them win over Terre Haute once. The first year I covered. Wow, them, really? Is, yes, it's 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 amazing. It's the Holman Hex uh, on <laughs> Illinois State. There, it's like nine years in a row now. But but they always play ISU well, and obviously last year they just I mean, they they took them to the school in that uh, quarterfinal game and just shocked the Redbirds. Yeah, the uh, preseason poll and all conference team will be announced Tuesday morning as part of our. Uh, Basketball Media Day, our NBC basketball tip-off event, which will be live on uh, the Valley on ESPN3. Um, all conference-wise, uh, individual, um, who, who do you think? Uh, top five? I, I, a couple of red versemen get a lot of attention. Jeremy Morgan also getting a lot of attention as well. Um, and one player, and I'm not sure if he'll be all conference, uh, that folks have been talking about that I've uh, heard from, uh, that for Northern Iowa that came on at the end of last year, Clint Carlson. Um, what do you think? Any, any five stand out to you before the the season begins? Well, I uh, I, I picked Jeremy Morgan as my player of the year. Um, I just think it's his. He's kind of um, as Ben Jacobson has kind of talked about before. He's kind of you know kind of laid in the background a little bit for uh, older teammates throughout the years. Obviously, he had a great game in the uh, tournament. I, I just think he's going to kind of really 
shine this year. This is this is his turn. This is his team. Uh, I think he's the player of the year. Uh, Marcus McDuffie, obviously the freshman of the year from Wichita yes. State. I, I put him on the all-conference team. Um, I put Brenton Scott of Indiana State on the all-conference team. Now, I don't want to sound like a homer here, okay? <laughs> but, all right. but I think, first of all, uh, Paris Lee, I think, is the best point guard in the league. I, I, I really don't think there's probably a lot of argument about that. Uh, he's been a four-year starter, two-year all-defensive team, and it is, he showed last year he's he's got an offensive game, and I think you'll see that even a little more this year. So I put Paris Lee on there. And then, the, well, I'll tell you what, the fifth one I had, I had a hard time with. Um, I, I, I almost um, went with Clint Carlson. And I tell you, I also almost went with Landry Shamit. Um, he was okay. he, he started at Wichita State last year. A lot of people don't realize that he was a starter last year until he got hurt. Uh, you know, he could have been the freshman of the year last year if he had stayed healthy instead of uh, McDuffie. So I almost put him, but I went with a uh, Mikhail McIntosh. Mikhail had a just a he made a big jump from his first season to his second season last year. Uh, he's you know he's a there's not a lot of guys like him at his size who can do the things he does and. And if he just gets more consistent about staying out of foul trouble, that has been his big bugaboo the, these two years at Illinois State. I mean, just the silly fouls sometimes he picks up. If he can stay out of foul trouble, he could even be a player of the year candidate, I really think. I mean, I think he is that big of a difference maker. Right. So I put him on there. So I put two Redbirds on there. Call me a homer if you want. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Every, everybody I've talked to has had their uh, take on the team that they've talked about. And some of them giving a bold prediction. And you saying McIntosh with the possibility of having, you know, a, a player of the year type of season, that's, that's sort of one of those things where you never know. I mean, we, that's why we've right. got the different sort of uh, uh, composition of the league now with so many seniors graduating. It's opportunities for other folks to step up and make a difference. So we'll see how it all shakes out. It's going to be fun. I, I think a lot of people feel um, a little bit more drama uh, is, is what they feel they may see this year uh, going through the year. So we'll see how it happens. I, you can never you know, expect normalcy because it's college basketball and, and nothing ever goes the way we ever think it's going to go anyway. So, Well, that's that's what makes it fun. That's for sure. Right, right. I, I'm sure the, the coaches will definitely tell us on Tuesday media day, it's all <laughs> preseason. It's, it doesn't matter. we got to play the game. So it, it, that's what really matters, quite honestly. That's exactly right. Well, sir, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for your insight, and uh, we'll see you on Tuesday in uh, St. Louis. Okay, Derek. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate this. All right. Take thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Don't miss your chance to see who will hoist the hardware at the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Men's Soccer Championship presented by Mediacom. Get to Allison South Stadium in Springfield, Missouri, November 8th, 9th, 11th, and 13th as the Valley crowns its champion. For tickets and more information, call 417-836-7678 or visit MissouriStateTicks.com. The Missouri Valley Conference, where champions make history.